This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, Carm Capriato, the Service Aftermarket's podcast pioneer. Join me each week for aftermarket insights from my guest host and an industry first, a virtual shop tour. Use the industry's premier podcast as your personal networking resource. And as always, know that you'll learn one thing. The video for this show is on the Aftermarket Weekly page on RemarkableResults.biz or on my YouTube channel. Hey, welcome back to another episode, Remarkable Results Radio, the Aftermarket Weekly Show, where our goal is to advance the aftermarket and present to you great ideas and insights in every episode. Good to have you here. It's Carm Capriato. We just came back from Apex, everyone, as a little bit of a side note, as we're waiting for people on social media to hang out with us. We had a great time, took away a lot of great episodes. Can't wait to share them with you. Keep an eye on social media for pictures and behind the scenes and some vlog stuff. As you know, we just love going to Apex and all of the events. In fact, we have a couple coming up. At the end of this month, we're going to be at the Transformers Summit in Cancun. And at the end of January, early February, we're going to be at the Institute Summit. The first one with uh, Greg Bunch and his team and the next one with um, Cecil Bullard and Cecil and Kent Bullard. And uh, we're excited to be out there in the industry, hanging out with all of our great peoples. We are about ready to have a great little business discussion with Keith Benline. Hey, Keith, how are you, man? Hey, guys, I'm doing good. How are you guys out there? Great. A-plus auto care, Poway, California, just what, northeast of San Diego? That is correct, yes. Dormant may be an auto parts manufacturer, but they are more than that. Not only do they design, program, manufacture, and test their own innovations, but hold them to the highest industry standards with you in mind. Dormant focuses on improving the OE in a way that saves installation time and improves on the functionality of the part. Dormant's process is very straightforward. With their top-tier team of engineers, they quickly reverse-engineer the OE and start performing rigorous rounds of testing until it's just right. Depending on the part type, there are multiple tests that a part can go through. These include, but aren't limited to, tensile strength training, salt fog corrosion testing, a million sequences of life cycle testing, and extreme temperature performance. Hey, want to learn more? Visit their virtual tour online at dormanproducts.com forward slash tour. Keith, you and I did an episode a bunch of years. In fact, I have the date. It was actually 2018, a long time ago. And I want to bring you back. Four years later, I want you to come back. The topic basically was how to build a million-dollar shop. Yeah. And the stuff that you brought in, both Jeremy and you, was great. But I believe I'd love to have you back because of the success that you have going on down there in the San Diego area. So would you promise to come back and let's just do an episode on that? Absolutely, Carm. Anytime you'd love to have me, I'd love to help out. Thank you so much, man. Now, look, what's going on at A-plus Auto Care? Are you on the cutting edge of saying, bring on those EVs, I want them? (laughs) We are definitely looking into that, right? So here's what I can tell you. I don't have any official statistics, but if you talk to your customers, at least in San Diego, we have electric cars everywhere. The Teslas are just flooding the streets. Everyone doesn't want full-on electric cars everywhere in their driveway, but most of my customers, I've listened to them over the past couple of years, and what they say is, I want one electric car, Keith. I want to get one. I want to see what it's about. I want to stop going to gas stations. This electric car technology is here, and it's coming, and it's going to be coming faster. It's not going to 
put us out of business overnight, obviously, but it is going to start changing our customer database. So in other words, we have a customer now that has two cars in the driveway. We work on both of them. Once one of those cars becomes an electric car, that's one less car that we're going to see. And if each family keeps doing that, and I'm seeing that slowly happen as electric car pricing is coming down, more affordable, more manufacturers are going to get into the game now and making these things. I just see a slowing down of car counts into our business because of that. And so all the more reason at this time we need to be aggressively marketing our business, right? It's not panic. It's not, oh, I got to get out of the business. It's you got to look forward and think, where is this going to be in five years? Where is it going to be in 10 years? And how can you set your business up in order to be successful? So, for example, say you had 10,000 cars in your database. You may need 20 because of, in order to earn a good living because of the EVs. You may see them once every couple of years, but there's tires, there's chassis work, there is going to be air conditioning work. And no doubt, I see us having to change our business model. And uh, it kind of reminds me of the Euro guys, A-dash specialty and Euro specialty. I, I see EV. I actually see Tesla shops going on in the aftermarket everywhere. I hope so. We'll see, you know, what happens. And I agree with your comments. Yes, there's still going to be work to be done on electric cars. It's just not the consistency that you see with an internal combustion engine motor, right? No oil changes, no spark plugs, no timing belts. The brakes last 100,000 miles on those with the electric motor helping out with the braking, no fuel pumps. All that basic stuff that people have come in for is gone, you know, spark plugs. Uh, So what we're going to see when electric cars come in is probably bigger repairs, I think, you know, and like you said, suspension, tires, every car manufacturer has statistical problems, right? So battery failures, electric motor failures, and, you know, what the cost of those are going to be. And are people going to want to fix their electric cars at that point? You know, those are all questions I don't necessarily have the answer to at this point. But the industry is changing. And most of my customers are going to buy at least one electric car. When is that going to happen? The next year, two years, five years? It's, It's going to happen. Hey, you and I were chatting. You said to me, the internet is educating your customer faster than you can imagine. And I think that is such a powerful, powerful statement. Thank you for saying that. I mean, it's true. You can't go on the internet, I don't think, any day without some automotive repair article somewhere popping up in your face about, does your mechanic do this? Does your car do this? You know, what should you pay for something like this? That stuff, it's out there everywhere. And as a shop owner, I've learned, okay, rather than try to fight this internet and all these articles, I need to find a way to use it and bring it onto my team and understand that what these customers are going through. Now, I'm not referring to much to longtime customers that they know and they trust you and they know if they read an article that you're still the right kind of person. I'm talking about a good percentage of your customers that are new customers, maybe only been to you a couple of times, you know, and they're reading these articles on the internet. And especially if, you know, gosh, there's one other thing I can tell you, Carm, is to be a successful shop owner, sometimes you got to take yourself completely out of the automotive repair business and think like a customer. If you are a normal person, you go to work, your car had a problem on the way to work, right? It made a noise, it sputtered, it did something. First thing you're going to do is you're going to go and you're going to talk to all your fellow employees like, hey, my car did this. Anybody know anything? You know, they're going to start spouting ideas of what they think it could be. You're going to go on the internet and search, okay, my car has this problem and you're going to get information. And then people are going to say, I've got a mechanic, I've got a mechanic. And you're going to go online, you're going to search Google reviews for all this. That whole process goes on before they ever call you or digitally email you or or respond to, hey, can I get my car in there, right? So what you say next, if you go against everything they just read on the internet, 
If you go against everything their friends just told them, that is a very hard re-education of a customer. And you're going to spend a lot of time doing it. And there's going to be a lot of hesitancy on the customer's part. So the more that you can understand what's out there on the internet, what the internet is trying to do with people with education, some of it's good, some of it's not so good. They're just trying to sell advertising. You can understand the power of it, right? And so I guess as a shop owner, I said, I'm not going to fight that anymore. I'm not going to put my head in the sand. I'm going to realize what's going on. And I'm going to make the process from that point when they've got issues with their car to coming into my shop. It's going to seamlessly flow right with all the stuff they've heard on the internet, all the stuff they've heard with their friend. There's going to be transparency in pricing. Their friends may have told them they need a fuel pump. We don't know, but they've probably looked up the price already, what a fuel pump's going to be. And that's what they want to ask me. I don't want to answer that. They've already got all the information. They can get it right on my website. Okay, you got me hooked. Hook, line, and sinker, baby. I'm with you, but I need to know how. So I pick up the phone and I call you and say, hey, listen, I got this noise in the front left. And uh, every time I do this, this happens. Would you then say to me, have you done any research, Carm, on this phone to friend? (laughs) Went on to Google. Would you ask me that so that you have an idea of where my mindset is? No, I would not ask you that. You would not ask me that. So then you would start asking me questions. What's it sound like, you know, when you do, you start asking me like a doctor would, what are the symptoms? What's going on, right? You're getting close, yes. And you're confident that whatever I discovered on the internet, whatever these crazy ideas that are floating in my mind as to what's wrong with my car, you're going to gain the confidence from me that you know, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. If I start asking you, all right, tell me about this problem. When did you start noticing it? When are you hearing it? And asking you all those questions. My job is to listen at that point. After I ask you those questions, this is where I'm going to find out what you've researched without asking you, because you're probably going to tell me. Most customers will if you ask enough questions. Yeah, you know, I I think it might be Will Baron Keith. I was just reading something on the internet about that. You're going to ask the open-ended questions, and they're going to be able to come and tell you, hey, I've done the research, and uh, yeah, I think you're right, Keith. That's kind of what I've found out by asking friends, and I remember doing an episode a while back, and the conclusion of all this information was to the customer, hey, in the future, just let me be your Google, or are we just so (laughs) fixated on spending eight hours a day on our phones to find our own answers Do we doctor like that? I think we do. We do. And I will tell you this, and I can't take credit for this. I learned this from Bob Cooper in his seminars. And he said, people will trust someone in a non-vulnerable environment more than they will you. Because when you have their car, they know that you're making money off of them, right? So if you bump into, let's say, a plumber in line at the grocery store, but you don't need a plumber, you're going to ask that guy questions. And you're going to trust him more than probably the plumber that comes to your house. Because the plumber that comes to your house is going to charge you money to do it. And it doesn't make sense so much because you don't know anything about that guy standing in the line with a plumbing shirt on. He could be a crook for all you know, right? But it's a non-vulnerable environment. The internet, it's a non-vulnerable environment. The internet doesn't have their car. The internet isn't charging them money to fix their car. It's a non-threatening, non-vulnerable environment. And people just gravitate to trusting that more than if, you know, there's a financial exchange between the two. Of them. I think it's a brilliant uh, summary. If I'm calling you, Keith, say uh, just, you know, auto repair near me, Poway, California, you come up, I pick up the phone. I'm in a non-threatening position because you don't have my car. Correct. And that service advisor, if they know that, then they have the ability to earn trust and transparency 
because of that. Yes. It's a brilliant, brilliant concept on how we can take what we're feeding ourselves with on the internet, on our research, on Mother Google, and turn it into a positive. Uh, there's only one way we're really going to find out if all of these things that we believe it is and that you've done your research is bring it in. I'm, we'll come up with a solution for you. Yes, absolutely. It's powerful stuff. And, you know, I've even told customers how sometimes they're so, they know their car better than I do because they drive it every day. They know every little noise, every nook, cranny that car does. And I've had customers tell me stuff that they found on YouTube that I couldn't find anywhere in any information sources. And we apply it and it fixed their car. And I'm like, look at that, right? So (laughs) it's there. And yeah, there's a lot of not good stuff. There's good stuff out there too. So I kind of let the customers know. I laugh at them. I go, you know, sometimes there's just so much stuff out there and you find something. I've told customers if they're like, well, do you think I could fix it on my own, Keith? You know, if it's something small. And I go, well, you know what? Go on YouTube. I'm sure someone knows how to reset that light that you're dealing with on that particular car that's changed 10 times over the past 10 years, right? And so I'll encourage them, oh, you know what? That's a good idea, Keith. I'll Google it. So I use the internet as an an additional tool. And now the customer feels like I helped him. Hey, Keith didn't just try to bring me in and try to sell me a bunch. He just said, Nick, you know, it's probably something simple. See if you can find it on Google and fix it. That's marketing and relationship building is what I call that. There's so much to take away from this. And so I I really, really appreciate this. Before we get into your tour, I want to tell our listeners about a few new listens that we have. Bill Nalu, the benefits of purchasing EVs for tenured technicians. Bill is going to buy two of those over the next six months. And when they're paid off, he's going to give them to his tenured technicians. Matt Fonzo did a great episode on time. Technician pay plans from Hunt Demarest. One thing we implement immediately if we still had our shop from the marketing podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Lots of good stuff that we produce for our industry to advance the aftermarket each and every week. Let's take a tour out at A-plus Auto Care in Poway, California with Keith Benline. Let's take a look at this as you narrate. My first time seeing this too, Keith. Can't wait. Well, I can't take credit for this. So uh, I don't own the building. Uh, my friend, Andy Chandler, that owned this business before me, he took this over. If it looks like a fitness center racquetball court, that's because it was. <laughs> so him and his dad had a very small shop in the middle of Poway. It was a converted gas station into a garage. And it was called Quick Lube Inc. Well, A-plus Auto Care, you changed the name to it. And the city of Poway came to them because they wanted to do the city center there in Poway. And they wanted to kick him and his dad out in eminent domain, in which they did. And of course, you know, they fought the city and said, well, we were planning on being here a long time. So they, they settled. And then Andy found this facility. This, oh, it was a condemned old uh, racquetball and fitness center. And he converted it into the auto repair shop that you see today. And that's why it's as big as it looks. And you'll see inside, you know, where the racquetball courts probably were. There's still a functioning shower in there, as a matter of fact. So A-plus was uh, was the name when Andy had it, right? Yes, it was. And you just, logo and everything, you just bought the business and bam, and just took over. And of course, you're growing it. What's the Elvis there for? Can you explain the Elvis? We were redoing the uh, the customer area, right? So see, I wanted that welcome to A-plus auto care, three-year, 36,000-mile warranty in the white. It says family-owned and operated. Well, we were changing it, and so that was just bare for a while, that cabinet there. And so customers were coming in because uh, Andy had all these rims and stuff, and I said, well, why are we having all these rims on display? We don't really sell those. And so we took them out, and as we were changing, customers were saying, well, it looks like you guys are like you're like going out of business. Gym. The place looks empty in here. So we said, we got to do something. So we stuck Elvis in there because Poway, it's known as the country bumpkin 
uh, city of San Diego. So <laughs> the people that come in Poway are, are a little older, you know, they country, Elvis, they, a lot of them relate to it. So we stuck Elvis there. Then we finally got the welcome to A plus auto care paid. And we've just left Elvis there because it's just a good talking point. It is. You got me talking about it. <laughs> uh, great. Nice looking uh, lobby area, service advisor area. That's our customer reception area. Uh, well, that's the old gas station right there. Now, that was the old uh, place that the city came in and said, okay, we want this for our city center. We need you, we need to get you guys out of here. And then the pictures uh, next to them are my two managers that are still there today. That's Alan. He's been there 20 years. And that's Dave. He's been there 25 years. And the customers just absolutely love them. And so I love these caricatures. What a great, great idea. I wish I could take credit for that. But that was Andy that did that. And the customers absolutely love those. I got to still get mine done now. It's been a couple of years and I'm putting it off. But I just need to... Uh, to make it happen, get it up on the wall there. But yeah, the customers, they they absolutely love that. By the way, let me let me ask a question. Above their caricature, was it a little biography on them? It is, yep. Wonderful. Yep. And yes, a picture of them, a little biography and who they are. And absolutely. We call this the war room. <laughs> so this is right behind the customer. There's Al and there's Dave, Steve, my office manager. This is where we do all the service writing and advising. And so we're not in the main reception when we're doing it. And of course, you know, a waiting room. We took some of the chairs out with COVID. We haven't put a lot back in, but you have enough in there for now. To- so there's a separate room altogether that they walk to for this. Uh, any waiters? Uh, probably not. Oh, no. Yeah, we have waiters. Yeah. I mean, waiters is just, a, it's a necessary evil. No one likes it, but we make it work and, uh, you know, make it as, as comfortable as we can for people. Separate restrooms, of course, for the ladies and for the men. So it's nice. The technicians have their own bathroom and the customers have their own bathroom. <laughs> and there's the shower <laughs> for the fitness center. <laughs> do the guys use the shower at all? I do. I have one of my technicians, Chewy. He goes to training and he lives down south by the border. And he says, I'd rather just crash at the shop for the night. And he showers and crashes at the shop when he goes to training. And Ah, the numbers. The numbers. Yep, absolutely. So car counts, our sales, and looking for trends. Thank you for sharing that. Looks like it's a pretty strong set of numbers there. Now, are you the individual uh, that goes down with the numbers each and every day, or does your manager? Believe it or not, the guy that started doing that was one of my technicians. Because when I had my other shop and we were competing with the two shops, he wanted to see how the two shops would compare. So he started the whole process and I thought, I like that idea. So recently I've been updating it because uh, since the other shop is sold. And so I update those numbers There's myself. An <laughs> There's an oldie. Yep. We still keep some of the old books because every once in a while you need to grab one. But for the most part, we try not to work on anything older than 2000. A friend of mine uh, and, and a lot of other shop owners, they have a higher labor rate for older cars because they know they're going to have more time finding parts, maybe not in your particular area, but say a, a northern car comes down and they want to get it, you know, a, a classic car, if you will. Do you have a different labor rate? I do not have a different labor rate uh, for that car. We try to avoid working on cars older than 2000. I like we won't work on a classic car just because of those issues. But if we do get a car that comes in that is older and looks beat, we may charge more labor time. For the first time in 20 years, I have my own office, baby. Stop it. <laughs> I never, the other shop was such a small shop because of where it was in San Diego and how busy it was. There was just no space. And that's Eric Weddle's house up there on the hill, the Char- Charger NFL player that comes to this shop. You were telling me offline that a lot of the Chargers live in this community. They did. The Chargers, a lot of the Padres players, now that the Chargers have moved out, you know, it's not as much. But uh, yeah, back in the day, LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, they all lived out there in Poway. How many bays? Uh, so we have 10 lifts and the bays are kind of, the whole thing is open. So 
well, this is a wash bay in the back. So we wash and detail cars. There's a sump there. And this is the main entrance to the shop. Uh, when you come in, you can kind of see like to the left there where the alignment is, not here. That's the part shelf with the uh, technician's names and numbers. So when the parts come in, the people know exactly where to put the part. So the technicians will look for it. So you put the work order number, let's say 1-80181-2. And that's the technician's number. Yes. And so they know to put the part there. So now this is the back side of the shop. So you see that's Dan's area there. He's got two lifts. This is Chewy's in the middle. He's got two lifts. We recently added that 12,000 pound lifter because we do about 15% fleet business. And you can see the, the weight of that truck. And, you know, technicians, I'll tell you, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it, boss. But you never want a safety issue. So we put that lift in there. And that's my fourth tech, Mike, right there. He's also my shop foreman. So those are eight lifts. And then we have the alignment rack here with the newest John uh, B machine, which the guys just love. Scanners go up and down automatically and find the car. And so the guys, they really like that. Of course, our tire equipment is there. But you can see those were the old racquetball courts. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. What percentage of business is tires? Uh, not much. Uh, man, you know, it's more of a as-needed basis. So, uh, you know, 5%, right? We don't advertise tires so much. Just if the car's in there and need it, we'll put tires on. That shop press, Mike asked me to get that. That's been a, a really nice piece of equipment for pressing bearings in and out. Adelphi was prom- promoting a work truck, the forgotten work truck. And how many of these F-250s or the 3500 Power Wagon Dodges are out there still working their butt off? Very expensive to buy a new one. Small fleets having these vehicles and they're required in order for them to do their work. And the whole concept from Delphi, as I, you'll hear in an, in an interview that I did with Malcolm Sismore, is it's like it's, it's such a revenue opportunity to work on the work trucks that are out there. It kind of hit me heavy over the head. And when in the fleet work that you do, is it small fleet or is it these maybe bigger work trucks? It's a combination, right? So the, a lot of them are the other bigger work trucks because, you know, we have Plumbing Plus with their big plumbing vans. We have Remodel Works. They have vans and they have trucks. Eichler Electric is the one that you just saw right there. There does seem to be a trend to some of these companies. I would say they're small to medium-sized fleets, uh, you know, depending on, on the company, you know, maybe 20, 30 trucks. I do see a trend towards like the Sprinter vans, the, the smaller type stuff working out there. But like you said, it's expensive to buy new new vehicles. And so unless there's something majorly wrong with that F-250 or F-350, they want to fix it. And there's money there. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a huge opportunity. I think they may be onto something there. Really a beautiful tour, nice shop. And you went from uh, owning two to back to one. Good move for you? I think it was an excellent move for me. Uh, the shops weren't close together. And they, you know, they were both doing you know, 200000 220000 a month. And it just got a lot for me. And the other shop uh, is in an area that got changed by the city of San Diego. They put a new trolley in. Parking was at a, a very minimum. And there was a bank next door to me that had been there for years, almost like a historical building. And the, uh, they had sold the bank and the parking was going to go away. And we used that parking. So, um, of course, I disclosed that when I sold the business and stuff that, you know, you can still find parking, but trying to find parking in the streets and stuff, it's going to take a lot more effort, a lot more like, okay, this car's over here. This one's over here. Cause the size of that 9,000 square foot lot in San Diego and the numbers that we were doing there was, uh, just at its limit. And there was going to be a plan you have to put together. And I'm like, okay, I've been running this thing for 19 years. Do I still want to do it? Or is it time to maybe just be done with one and just have one shop again? And 
I got to tell you, I mean, it's nice to tell people I was a you know double shop owner, <sighs> but you get double everything, Carm. I mean, yes, you get double sales, you get double the problems. And when, when things were going good at both shops, hey, it's great. But when you have problems at both shops, oh my gosh, if you're dealing with a customer at both shops, employee issue, you know, it, it can... It, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear your hesitation in your voice. It's like, I took some air out of the balloon, and but the balloon is still solid. Yeah, but you know, the main reason I did it is I just... I'm looking five, 10 years in the future. You know, I'm 57 years old. So how much longer do I want to do this? Uh, do I want to be at the end of 10 years and have two shops and, and, and trying to retire with that? And I thought, you know what? I've got a couple great years at the other shop. I think the time is right to sell that one, maximize the profits from the sale and invest and, you know, build a nice retirement plan. And then I'll ride Powie out and see how long this goes with electric cars. I've got a great lease with a good friend, Andy, out there. And we'll see how it ends up out there, right, with electric cars and stuff. Great story. I wish you all kinds of success. Love to have you back on the show to do this whole steps to a million dollar shop, which obviously you are more than at. And congrats to all of that. One final question for you. Did you bring uh, some of the people from the original shop over to uh, Poway? No. And when you sell a business, you, you know, they usually make you sign a, a non-compete with both uh, customers. It stayed a shop. I see. I thought you sold the property. Okay. Well, good for you. Hey, this was great. Thank you all so much. This will become a, a, a listening audio this coming Saturday on your favorite podcast listening app. You can watch us anytime, all the After uh, Market Weekly shows on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Love to have you as one of our followers. It's been great. Thank you all so much to Keith Benline from A Plus Auto Care in Poway, 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 California. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thanks, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 